What's up? It's Devin Caesar, and you're listening to the Monarchist Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. All right, Monarch Nation, if you like basketball and you like home games, we got a treat for you because we got four in a row starting this Thursday, February 15th, when Louisiana comes to town. In order to be able to talk about that stuff, we got the head man, Coach Donahue, on the show. Welcome back to the podcast, Coach. Oh, thanks, guys. It's great to be with you again. Well, it's great to have you. In the second half of this episode, we're going to have we're going to be joined by Leroy. Obviously, he's made some pretty big strides this season, but can you talk to us about him as a, a person and a player? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Leroy, no doubt, right? He's, he's definitely been coming on here late in the season, playing really well. You know, I think Leroy is just a real pleasure to be around every day. I mean, he has a great attitude. He's got a great outlook. He's, he comes in every day and he works very hard. He comes in every day uh, and has a great attitude. I think, if, I think he gets along with everyone very well, right? From managers to coaches to teammates. He's just, he's, he's a a guy with a great outlook on life, right? He's a real positive guy that's making the most of this opportunity. I remember when when Crisco was recruiting him, he, he didn't have a ton of options when it was late in the process. And he was really excited about coming to ODU and, and was just really appreciative of everything. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think uh, the excitement and the, the appreciation factor are what we see from him every day. Um, he comes in every day excited to be here. Excited to be at ODU. Excited to have the chance to be a college basketball player. Excited about having the chance to be a Division One college basketball player. And he's appreciative of the opportunities he gets. Right, uh, you know, early in the season he wasn't playing at all. Right, and and that was frustrating. But his effort every day at practice is, you know, his work um, was at a very high level. And his attitude was always at a very high level. He's just a real pleasure to be. He's the right guy. He's the right guy to have on the team. He's, he's um, you know, the right person to be around. Uh, he's he's got a really positive outlook, and and that's contagious. Um, and he's worked very hard, right? He's worked very hard over the course of this year, uh, and you're starting to see some of that really pay off for him. Obviously, his defense is is uh, ahead of his offense at this point in time, um, but he, you know, he comes in every day and, and he plays hard uh, when we put him in the games. He goes after rebounds and and he tries to do everything that he can uh, as hard as he can and with as positive an attitude as he can. So the same person that he is, you know, the what, how he is as a person translates directly to how he is as a basketball player. We, we see the same attributes. He's, from what I can tell, a terrific teammate. You know, he's really supportive of these other guys. Whether, whether he's played zero minutes or he's played 22 minutes, you know, nothing changes from him. His focus has been on the team. His focus is on how he can contribute. His focus is on trying to make things better and make the most of this opportunity. It's, he's really been a real pleasure to, to coach and to be around every day, all season long. All right, so early in the season when we were talking with, with Jeff, we are talking about three-pointers and how it needed to be more of a part of the game this year for the team and kind of asked, hey, is there anybody who's got a red light? And Jeff said, no, no, nobody's got a red light. And then he said, well, wait a minute, hold on. If one guy's got a red light, Leroy's got a red light. Well, not that long ago, Leroy was at the top of the key. He looked very smooth, not hesitant, and then, Hit that three-pointer, Mike turned to me, and we're like, we got three Roy Odiahi right here. So <laughs> he told us about the story of him talking with Coach Jones and how 
coach told him if if he shoots anything like that, that it wasn't going to be good for him. And he implored the coach that he could do it. He said, I could do it, coach. I could do it. And he said, well, you know, if you miss it, I'm going to pull you. And he goes, I'm not going to miss. So do we think that we'll see any more of Leroy stretching the floor? Or was that just a uh, moment of opportunity? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I, I, I don't, I, you know, three Roy, three, Roy, three Roy Odiahi, um, you know, that sounds like an NIL opportunity somewhere for someone. It, listen, I, you know, I, I do recall earlier in the season, a half serious, half joking conversation that uh, Leroy was having with some of his teammates where he was telling them that he's, a, you know, like a stretch five. I will tell you that I, I know one of the things that, you know, earlier in the season, I would work with Leroy every day at practice on um, so sort of basic offensive fundamental things, right? And, and footwork being a really, you know, a big thing for him. Um, and that's something that we're going to need to continue to work on, right? I mean, I, I think when he gets in trouble, it's a little bit because he sort of gets happy feet. It's hard to mimic some of the things in, in the pressure, you know, in, in drills and whatnot. But one of the things that we were doing was making him make a bunch of small kind of quick movements in a short space with and without the ball and react. And, and one of the things that we had him doing, right, sort of like screening and shaping up and, and sliding and, and basically catching and shooting um, on the perimeter. And I remember doing it early in the season. And, and for me, it was to look at his footwork, right? And to try to improve his footwork. And the shooting part was probably to keep him engaged in the drill. Um, but I really wasn't worried too much about whether the ball went in the basket or not. I was really focusing on his footwork and being on balance. And um, and I was struck, again, you know, I was struck by how well he did shoot the ball. And he, and he shoots the ball. And I rebounded him for him for a lot in the early half of the season with shooting free throws. He does. He, he's got a soft touch. You know, for a big guy, he's, he has a nice arc. He gets it up. Um, he really says, I think anything's possible. Um, you know, I think with time and space, anything's possible. I was caught a little off guard. I wasn't ex- exactly expecting that shot, but he shot it with confidence. And, and listen, if you're going to shoot the ball, you got to shoot it with confidence, right? Um, and, and he definitely did. So, you know, maybe down the road, we got to find a way to, you know, to, to incorporate some more of that, right? I mean, the game is changing. And, and again, Leroy's, you know, he can finish around the rim when, when he can get offensive rebound and go back up and, and dunk and finish, he can you know finish around the rim when someone can draw his defender and dump it off to him. Making post moves is it's not his strength, although he has a decent jump hook for sure. But maybe we've got to find different ways to, to utilize him, uh, you know. And so anything's on the table at this point. All right, coach. I mean, we've talked about it all the season. It's been a tough year on the court, but the one thing that everyone can say is this team continues to fight. Is there something special about this team what, where that makes them like not give up? Because it seems like it would be a very easy thing right now to just give up and mail in the rest of the season, but they're not doing that. So what is it about this team that is making them fight? Um, yeah, I think it's their their personal makeup and their character. That's what we're asking them to do. We're asking them to go out there and battle, right? And not worry about what the results were, not worry about the record was. Like, let's just, you know, we get a chance to be basketball players. We get a chance to compete. Um, we're competitive people. We're competitors. We get a chance to do this. Let's let's embrace it. Let's let's soak that in. Um, and we also talk about you know the fact that in order for us to to be successful, you know we have to be a really hard playing team. I mean, that's just that's what we have to do, right? We're we're not great defensively. We're not great offensively. I mean, I think what we can be great at uh, is being a really hard playing team, and that's one of those things that we can control. You know, we can't always control whether the ball goes in the basket. Like the, like the game the other day against Central Michigan, we just missed some tough ones. Sometimes you shoot it well, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get a bad whistle, sometimes you don't. But you can always control your effort. 
And we've got, again, it's, you know, one thing we've been talking about with them for a long time now is controlling the things that we can control. Again, you've heard me say it before. Uh, it's, I probably haven't been saying it as much lately, but the effort and the energy and the attitude and the focus. Um, and when you have those things, that results in playing hard and, and playing well and battling and competing. But we got a bunch of guys that are, that are competitive people. And, and, um, and, and there's no question. I'm extremely proud of the way that, that uh, you know, we continue to fight. We stay in the fight. Um, and that's, that's our only option. I mean, that, that's our only option here, right? Um, the alternative is, is not, not one we want to consider in any way, shape, or form. We get a chance to do this. Let's make the most of it. Let's compete in battle. All right. So Thursday night, we have Louisiana coming in, the Raging Cajuns. They're the number four team in the league right behind a very good JMU squad. Talk to us a little bit about Louisiana and kind of what fans can expect when they come to town. And no, obviously in, in defending, I don't know if they were the regular season champions last year, but they were definitely the tournament champions. They were in the hunt and obviously we had a chance to, to beat them last year in a really exciting game at our place. Jordan Brown, their big guy who was a terrific player is obviously not there from last year, but, but a lot of the other guys are, you know, Themis Folks, who's their point guard, you know, is back and Joe Charles has been playing really, really well. And he's kind of a utility forward and three and D type player, right? Shoot standing threes and really long and athletic and an outstanding defensive player. Kobe Julian's a guy that, that came off the bench and banged some shots. He's kind of, um, you know, I think he's had a Jason Wade. There, there's probably similarities, right? He's had, I believe, multiple knee injuries. Um, and so he didn't play very much last year. I believe he's leading the league in scoring. I know he's getting 17, 18 a game, and, and he's right there at the top of the league in scoring. Um, the last time I checked, which was, a, whatever, a week ago, he was leading the league. They're offensive-minded. They come down, they score. They're very well coached. Coach Mullen does a great job. You know, they're shooting a really good percentage, right? They're, they're putting the ball in the basket. Um, they're getting out and, and they're scoring, um, you know, and they, they've got a, you know, a big guy, that, a new big guy, um, Katenge, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, right? He's big and he's big body, big dude down in the post that scores in the paint, gets fouled, but he also is, is a really, really good passing big guy, right? So he's finding guys, he draws attention because of his size and his skill. And then he finds, you know, he finds guys on the perimeter, right? He finds guys that are cutting. Um, to the basket. He throws really long, sort of Wes Unseld-like. If For those of you that may remember Wes Unseld, I, I don't really, but I've heard the stories. Really long outlet passes and, and getting them out in transition early. I mean, this is a team, they're good defensively, don't get me wrong, but they're very good offensively. When they're, they got a, a well-balanced, again, a well-balanced team and they have enough. They're not a, a great three-point shooting team, but they're, they've got enough firepower for sure from behind the line. And what they are doing is, is really guarding people behind the line. People aren't really scoring much against them um, or shooting it very well from three. They're a good team. They're a good, balanced team with, with some, uh, a number of older guys that have been in that system um, that have played there. They're familiar with success um, and they're, they're continuing success, you know, their success this year. And we'll have our hands full. It'll be you know, a big challenge for us for sure, um, but it should be a fun game. And on Saturday night, Georgia State comes to town. This will be our second game against Georgia State this year. Uh, we lost earlier 70-77. to 77. Talk to us about the Panthers and what you guys are expecting to see in this one. Yeah, no, you know, we had a, excuse me, a, a, you know, a, a heartbreaker at Georgia State a few weeks back, you know, a game where we played, you know, really, really well. Um for most of the game, we played very well for a lot of the game, quite honestly. We shot the ball extremely well in the first half. We shot close to 50%. We had a big lead in the first half. I believe we were up 20, maybe midway through the first quarter. We got off to a great start. You know, we guarded them. We played a lot of zone. 
the zone was effective. Um, we kept them off balance, you know, and, and then over the course of the latter part of the first half and then into the second half, they sort of chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And I think they, I think they took their first lead with only about four minutes to go um, in the game. And, and then we battled and it was back and forth and back and forth. Ultimately, we got hurt probably by offensive rebounding. We, we gave up a few too many offensive rebounds against them in the, in the last game. They've had a, you know, they've had an interesting season for sure. They they started off playing very very well in league play, uh, and then they they dropped a, a handful of games, five or six in a row. And then they they found a way to win last week. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, midweek. I guess probably was last last Wednesday, right? At, I believe at yeah at Louisiana, found a way to get get the win, uh, which was a much needed win for them. And again, we we're, we're going to have to guard. We're going to have to work. We're going to have to put the ball in the basket. We're going to have to rebound at both ends. Right? I mean, the game plan for us. Um, you know, it, it's a similar game. I mean, again, Georgia State's a, an offensive-minded team. They're going to look to try to outscore us and, and get up and down and, and score a lot of points and get out in transition and attack the rim and, and get in the paint. And they've got some guys that bang some threes. What we have to do in both games is is control the things we can control, our, our effort, our energy. We're going to have to rebound. We're going to have to really rebound. I think we're starting to play better defense. I, I think we're starting to be more connected defensively. Offensive rebounds have now become a little bit of a challenge, right? So we got to clean up that on on the defensive boards, right? We we got to make sure we're holding them to one and done. Um, you know, at the other end, I think we're finding more offensive rhythm. I think we're sharing the ball better. You know, it's not every game, but it seems like we have higher assist, you know, rates. Um, obviously, we had a you know a very efficient assist rate the other night. Um, you know, and, and and we we made a bunch of threes, and a lot of those came off of you know really nice team basketball where the ball was being zipped around and shared. The turnovers feel like they're starting to creep up here. Obviously, the turnovers cost us uh, on Saturday afternoon against Central Michigan. We we just got to find a way, right? We get, we got to hold the other team to to one and done. We got to get stops, and we got to get rebounds so we can get out in transition, right? We're we're much better we can, when we can get out in transition. Got to get stops. If you you, know, you got to rebound the ball if you want to get out in transition, right? You come up with some steals. RJ gets makes some plays. Jason Wade makes some plays. A few other guys come up with some steals, and those get us out of transition. We just gotta we gotta find a way. We gotta make sure we're getting great shots every time down the floor. Um, you know, I think we're <clears throat> you know we're settling again. I think probably um, for too many fast, quick shots. It's one thing if you've got a great look early. We want to take great looks any chance we get to get great looks, but but just okay looks early. We got to turn some of those down. You know, I, I think uh, you know we just put ourselves. Um, you know, time of possession on defense a little bit too long if you're, if you're not, you know, making those quick shots. Um, and so those are our challenges. You know, those are challenges in both of these games coming up for sure. All right, Coach. So following those, and we won't get into, you know, the specifics of the games too far out, but you're going to be playing App State twice. Obviously, they're at the top of the heap, so you're going to get an opportunity. The fellows are going to get an opportunity to test what you have prior to the tournament against, you know, uh, a team who is very good. So that leads me to my question of, I'm sure there, there may be more, there may be less, but what are three things that this team must do to make a run in Pensacola? Oh, well, you got to shoot the ball well to make a run, right. You know, to make a run in any sort of tournament situation, you have to shoot the ball really well. Um, you have to get lucky. You know, you, you probably got to have a little bit of luck. You, you, you know, part of being lucky will be staying out of foul trouble. You know, staying healthy, obviously, um, you know, those two things. You, you got to have everyone on the court. You got to be able to have the guys out there to make a run. And then, you know, I think you got to rebound the ball, right? You, you got to rebound the ball at both ends, right? You, you got to get 
you got to limit the other team's chances, and, and you got to find a way to get extra chances for us on the you know for yourselves on the offensive glass. I think those, that's going to be, you know, probably the recipe for any run um, would be those three things. Luck matters. Uh, that's it's going to have to factor in there a little bit, but you got to score the ball. You, you got to score the ball, and you got to rebound the ball. All right, coach. So we talked about shot charts a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. with you. Saturday is one of the weirdest shot charts I've ever seen. Exceptional from three-point range. I mean, just like you guys were on fire from, from deep. Inside of the perimeter was a different story. Two for nine from like those mid-range shots. 0 for 10 inside of the, the key. And then 44% at the basket. Is there anything we can take away from a game like that? Or is it just that's how they defended? And that's kind of the result. But obviously, we were, you know, we hit 11 threes and we shot uh, almost 50% from three, I believe, right? Something close to it, 47, 48%, maybe something like that. I think what you take away, or certainly what I took away from that game and that, that, um, that shot chart was um, when you missed it's great to make the threes, right? We, we need that. And two of them were low shot clock situations where we got, again, a little bit lucky, uh, but we'll take it. But you take those two out, so that's still nine of 21. That Those are still good numbers for us, right? If not very good numbers for us. I think that the biggest thing was, to, you know, we didn't get to the foul line for to have those that many shots in the paint, that many two-point shots in the paint. Um, we didn't get to the foul line, and, and the foul line was a factor, right? They, they shot three times as many free throws as we did. Um so we got to find a way to get to the foul line. But, but the, I think the bigger thing was, man, we, we had some really, really good looks um, that we just, for whatever reason, weren't able to put, put the ball in the basket, right? There was a, a breakaway, you know, missed dunk. You know, it wasn't at the end of the game. But, you know, they all add up. You know, there, was, there were a few others right there at the rim, you know, that, 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 and a handful of guys. It wasn't just one guy, but we had three or four guys that had shots in the paint um, that were the right place. Those were the shots we want. Um, those are the shots we want them taking. They were this close, sorry, to being like really good offensive plays, except we just didn't get put the ball in the basket for whatever reason. So, you know, again, I, I think what I take away from that is we have a small margin of error, like a lot of teams, right? Like a lot of teams, we have a small margin of error. You got to find a way to, 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 to maximize every chance you get. So for us, the threes were great, but the ones, the, the chippies, right, or the easy ones, right, you know, Emo had a great, you know, against their zone, had a great shot in the middle of the lane, <clears throat> excuse me, wide open, just didn't fall, you know, sort of late, you know, th- there's a bunch, but you, you got to capitalize on, on more of those. And then it, it gets magnified when, when we had, you know, just some of the turnovers down the stretch. So when you're not putting the ball in the basket, when you have good possessions and are getting good shots, and then you go ahead and you you just don't get, you don't get shots in in a, you know, whatever it was exactly, you know, four out of eight possessions or something like that. It, it just, whew, it, it just, it makes it very, very challenging to win. All right, coach. So when we talk with Leroy, he said today, today was like a rest day, kind of getting the bodies right. You got a, a lot of games coming down the stretch and we've got four in a row at home. Talk to us a little bit about that kind of, I don't know what the right terminology, maybe load management or when, when you, when you need to give the guys a little bit of time, is it something that you always have built in? Is it something that you sense by watching them? You know, talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, I think that's, you know, again, um, you know, one of the new challenges for myself 
you know, making those decisions, right? I, I think Jeff was, um, you know, always had a really good handle on that. I, I've worked for Jeff for a long time. And I always thought he did a really, really good job of, um, you know, managing players over the course of the whole season. Um, and we've got some guys that are banged up a little bit, right? And so we have some guys in, in practice that we have to, you know, make sure that we're not taxing them too much. You know, we're playing eight guys, sort of a ninth guy, and, and we're playing a handful of guys a lot of minutes, um, as are a lot of teams. But I think, you know, th this has been, uh, you know, there's the physical aspects of, um, you know, the wear and tear of the, of the season and the, the long season. Um, you know, there's also sort of the, you know, the, the, the mental refreshment that, you know, or, or, you know, management that has to go on, right? You, you know, we, we haven't had many days off, you know, we've had one day off a week, you know, which is what's required, right? But even going back to, you know, to the holiday break, you know, we didn't, our guys didn't get a holiday break, right? We were, we were in the tournament in Hawaii, which was a fabulous experience for our guys and for a lot of guys, maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity for them. But it also even eats into their very small vacation time that, that they get during the season, right? The basketball season is long. Right? It is really, really long. You're sort of allowed to practice all year round in, in some capacity or another, or a lot of the year round, right? You, you get, you know, whatever we get over over the summer. You know, eight weeks over the summer when you're allowed to do full team stuff most of the time, and then you come in and, and once classes start in late August, you know, you, you have less hours and less days that you're allowed to work out, but but you're allowed to do a lot of full team stuff. And with the whole new roster, we've spent a lot of time together as a team, essentially practicing from including it a little bit in July and then certainly from end of August on. So, um, you know, just having an, an extra day to kind of catch your breath a little bit and, and just be a student, right. To, to be to just be able to go to class and have some downtime and catch up with maybe friends or catch up on schoolwork or, or just be able to just veg out in, in the afternoon when you don't normally need to. We haven't done that much, but but today was a, sort of an extra day for us. And it's not that we didn't want to work. It's not that we don't have things we need to work on. Um, but what was best for our guys right now was was getting a little bit of rest, having fresh minds and, and fresh legs. Um, and so that's part, you know, that's part of what we do when we when we plan practices. Our practices have been, you know, um, we try not to make them too long. We try to keep film right very very specific and short and to the point. We want to make the point. We want to learn. We want to see what we did well. We want to see what we didn't do well. We want to see uh, our opponents, but we try to keep it very streamlined and, and very efficient um, for them. And then we go out and we, we try to practice. We try to get as much out of it as we can and practice hard, um, but not practice too long. There's there's the physical toll and, and then there's the, the mental toll and, and mentally tired, right? And when you get mentally tired, um, and this has been a challenge for us all year, right? When we, when we get mentally tired, you know, it leads to, to, to breakdowns for us. So, um, you know, we just try to steadily been trying to work on sustaining, sustaining that, that mental focus. Um, but you can't do it too, too much. So, uh, you know, that there's a balancing act there for sure. There's a lot of, there's pros and cons to everything, right. Um, for sure. And, and just trying to figure out what, what will put these guys in the best situation to perform well on Thursday night. All right, that leads into this, what will be our final question of the night. Thank you for joining us. But you talked a lot about balancing and load management and making sure you're not overtaxing these guys. But there's a common quote of the most improvement happens when no one's watching, right? So is there a guy on the team that you have struggled to keep out of the gym? Like they're just working too much. No, I, I, well, I mean, I think there's some guys that you see, you know, regularly. I mean, you know, Chauncey and RJ, um, you know, those guys are, 
that were out there on the court every day. And Devin's there too, usually. But those two guys are usually the first two guys of, of the rotation players that are out there on the court well in advance of practice and getting shots up and, and getting ready. And it's appreciated and it's noticed. And, and there's a different level intensity to some of the stuff that they're doing. And so there's some just kind of form shooting and, and being in the gym. That's encouraging, right? Um, you know, uh, you know. I think all of our guys have handled this well, right? All of our guys are, no one's walking in the door right before, uh, you know, practice starts and walking out the door right away when practice ends. Um, you know, but to me that, you know, Chauncey and RJ stand out to me as the guys that I, I see in the gym, you know, before practice and after practice. And again, the, the guys can get into the practice gym. So some guys probably are in there in the morning. I know, you know, I know, you know, Coach Robinson Jamal gets in with some guys, you know, in the mornings pretty early and, and works out with some of them. You know, our women's team practices in the morning. So sometimes he gets in there before they even work out. Um, and then I know guys come back in the evenings um, and get in the gym. And the big thing we just stress to them is right, they got to know their bodies, right? We want them to work. We want them to con- continue to improve. And your point is very valid, right? You, you got to, you have to find a way to get extra work done outside of practice and specifically with shooting, right? Specifically with shooting. And there, there's a fine line. You can't overdo it. Um, but you can't underdo it either, right? You got to get in there and, and, and you got to work. You got to work on your craft and you got to get extra shots up. All right, Monarch Nation, stick with us after the break. We're going to have Leroy Odiahi, the big man himself. Coach, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. We appreciate your time as always. And go Monarchs. Thank you, guys. Go Monarchs. Thanks, Coach. Go Monarchs. This episode of the Monarchist Podcast is brought to you by the Pride of ODU Collective. Their mission is to elevate the experience of student athletes through name, image, and likeness, while also elevating the fan experience. If you or your business are interested in getting involved, you can reach out to us directly or go over to theprideofodu.com. That is theprideofodu.com. Thank you for listening and go Monarchs. Monarch Nation, we are here with 611 Leroy Odiahi, the pride of Tralee, Ireland. Welcome to the show, Leroy. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. I'm happy to be here. All right. Talk to us about your basketball journey because I, I was looking at your whole bio. You played basketball in Ireland. You then go on to Canada to play basketball. You play yeah. Juco in Iowa. Man, you you're putting in the miles at a pretty young age. Yeah, man. Look, I honestly, I I started playing uh, basketball uh a little bit late compared to others. You know what I mean? So like, I started, I started hooping when I was about fifteen and a half in uh, Ireland. Uh, I played with my high school team. Um, after like a year, a year and a half, I got I was lucky enough to be on the uh, under eighteen national team. And then, um, shoot, uh, I played with the national team again. And then I uh right when COVID hit. I had gone to prep school in Toronto. I was there for like eight months. And then uh, Coach Hank from uh, Indian Hills, who now coaches at Western Kentucky, he uh, took me in to uh, Indian Hills. After I didn't have like many options. And then um, I played at Hills for uh, two years. Two, yeah, about yeah, two years. I was there for about two and a half years. Um, and then Coach, that's when Coach uh, Kavinsky had found me at Hills and took me to ODU. All right, Leroy. So you said you started playing basketball late, yeah. but for a big man, you you move really well. 
So I I have to imagine that you played some other sports growing up. I did, yeah. You know, uh, I was a big soccer player, man. Yeah, I played, I played uh, center back. I, I started playing soccer when I was, ooh, like young, like four or five years old. You know what I mean? And then I got to about six four, six five, and I'm like, yo, I'm getting a little bit too tall for the sport, man. Knees start hurt, hurt a little bit, you know what I mean? And then uh, I saw my one of my uh, best friends. He was hooping. His name is Dara. He was hooping for uh, our high school at the time. And I was like, I can do that for sure. Yeah. So I just quit soccer. Dara started, started playing uh, basketball. All right. So I had a question. When when you decided, you're six four six five. you're like, hey, I, I've got to find something else to play here. It's just, I'm getting too big for this. Uh-huh. I have to imagine that your coach probably tried to convince you, you know, to stick around or whatever. He tried to put you, maybe put you in the net. You got a really long wingspan. <laughs> yeah. How did that go? <laughs> yeah, he did. He tried to put me in a goalie for about two games. You know what I mean, and honestly, I, I, I have a clean sheet. So right now, zero zero goals that scored on me. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I was like, nah, it's not for me, man. I can't keep, I can't keep, you know, playing goals for the rest of my life. Like, can you imagine like a 6'11 goalkeeper? You know, I don't know if it'll look, look good. You know what I mean? All right. I have to ask. So, I mean, you're from Ireland. You're saying soccer. Yeah. Did that take hard? Was that a hard transition for you? Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, we said football whole life. You know what I mean? But at the same time, there's, uh, there's Gaelic football too. So, where I'm from, I guess uh, it wasn't that hard of a transition because it's Gaelic football as well. So, we said soccer and football back home, back, back where I'm from uh, a little bit too. So it wasn't a crazy, crazy transition. But if you go to places like England, you say soccer, it's oh, all hell breaks loose, you know. All right. We've been asking this question of everybody, but you started basketball a bit, a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So I asked it because I, I'm really interested in hearing guys that start dunking in middle school. When was your first dunk, both in practice or on – and then when was your first dunk in a game and what was that reaction like for you? Oh man, <laughs> I know, I know my, I know my very first dunk in game. I, I, I can remember, it, like, I remember it very well. Where we played in a place called Cork, Cork City, and it was early morning, and I just did it out, out of nowhere, fast break, just dunked it, and every, the whole, the whole band just going crazy. Like I've never seen someone dunk before. But I think I was, you know, I started playing when I was fifteen, so I was about sixteen, my first dunk, you know. Um, uh, I think I dunked it in practice maybe like once once or twice before that too. So, you know, a lot of guys were surprised at that. All right. So I'm going to ask the question I usually follow Mike's question up with because I'm a relatively conservative kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And Mike and I really pay attention when we get a chance to get to practice and then we sit really close to the bench. So we're always observing what's going on. And one thing that we've noticed with you the entire season and in practice is you're you you pay particularly close to, to attention to what's going on and you take the coaching very seriously. You can see the gears going in your head and and so clearly what coaches say to you is important. Mm-hmm. I can tell that, that that's very much so. So the conservative guy Aaron here and and it's probably because I can't dunk, so you know, <laughs> I don't get the necessarily tunnel vision. But I would be thinking if I miss this dunk my coach is going to kill me. Does that ever go through your mind? Yeah, or listen, you're uh, like, I got the ball and I'm just going to throw this thing down. <laughs> Honestly, I've, 
that hasn't crossed my mind since I was like 17, maybe. You know what I mean? I guess, you know, once I hit the around 6'8, I was dunking consistently. But I will say, uh, when I shoot, even in practice, when I shoot, I, I'm thinking this better go in because if I miss, I'm done for. You know what I mean? I'm done for. So, yeah, I, I guess uh, for shooting, for sure, 100%, you know, that definitely crossed across my mind. But for dunking, nah, I feel that's a pretty consistent thing for me. All right. So you mentioned the shooting. You are one for one from three this year. <laughs> and immediately I started calling you three Roy. <laughs> Yo, don't let uh, Tyrone uh, hear that, man. He's still coming up for the uh, rest of the, uh, the year. <laughs> All right. So have you been working on your shooting a lot? Is that is that something you're really working hard on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I won't say I work hard on it, but um, every time I work out, I always finish it off with shooting. You know, I don't, like, do straight-up shooting workouts, but, um, you know, I work on my touches, all that stuff. So at the end of every workout, I'll shoot free throws and shoot some mid-range. And, uh, you know, if coach isn't looking, I'll shoot some threes too. But, yeah. No, that's a, that was exciting because I know early on in the season when we had Coach Jones on, we're talking about different places on the floor and who's doing what mm. and trying to get up more threes this year and different you know, sorts of things. And, mm-hmm. you know, we asked if, if anybody had the red light from three and he's like, no, not really. And he goes, well, maybe Leroy, he might have the red light. So now we got a whole different conversation. The next a whole different I run into Coach Jones. You know, Coach Jones, I told yeah. me that as well. You know, he told me that. And I was like, yo, Coach, listen, when I was younger, I was really shooting the ball, man. I'm Trust me, I, I know you did, you did not recruit me for shooting the ball, but I was really shooting it. And he said, if you shoot it three this season and you miss it, Mm-hmm. And I said, I won't miss. I won't miss. Trust me. I won't miss. I'm, I I just wish I was here to uh, see that shot. You know what I mean? I, I, I hope he saw it, though. I, I hope he did. I'm sure I'm sure he has. And if he hasn't, Mike and I will make sure that he does at some point. <laughs> please but do, please do. So we're, we're at the TED early all the time. And I always enjoy watching you and Danny work with Coach Robinson download working working on your footwork working on all kinds of stuff talk a little bit about working with coach robinson and kind of taking your game to the next level yeah uh, working with coach coach rob has been great you know um like he 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 puts a lot of attention into uh like the big guys uh, on our teams like even jason Wade is, is on that group too because he plays a bit of the five the five as well but um like he like he just watches for like this like the, the like the mistakes or the little like um bad habits that we have and then he tries he tries his best to uh, help us work on that, and he's been doing a very good job. You know what I mean? So like one thing about me was I was always bring the ball down, and Coach Rob like drilled it into my mind that um that I just like keep it up. And then when we played against when we played against Marshall away, I you know it worked, and I got like a quick dunk with that. You know what I mean? So I guess um yeah I feel my, I feel myself get, get getting better uh, with working with Coach Rob too. You know um. And honestly, I would like to mention uh, Coach uh, Kavinsky. He, me and him like work one on one from time to time, and he's done a very good job on trying to um, fix my faults as well. All right. So at the beginning of the year, what did you list as your top goal for the season on improvement, and how how's that coming along? Okay. So my thing was honestly just finish, like uh, finishing, and I wanted to. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm, I take pride in my rim protection, but I obviously want to uh, uh, perfect that. 
you know, just be, uh, become smarter, you know, like see like the court differently, you know what I mean? So uh, like improve my IQ, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so that, honestly, like came, came into the season, trying to work my touches, all that, you know, get a better hook shot. And I think it's, 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 it's going very well, you know. Um, I feel like this summer is going to be great for me as well, this off season, you know, to uh, work on all this uh, stuff too. So, um, yeah, right now it's, it's, it's uh, going good for sure. We, definitely you can, we can see your growth each time you play. It feels like each game you're making incremental steps in your game and having a bigger impact on the game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we see the work. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I'm trying, try, I'm trying, man. I'm trying, you know, just stay uh, with it for sure. You know, I'm trying to make sure I use my uh, defense, especially, um, like obviously I said, rim protection, you know, but I feel like if I'm able to, Guard smaller dudes, and I'll even even help 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 a lot too. Add a lot to my game, so yeah, definitely trying. All right, Leroy, I want to take a step back real quick to something you were talking about, and I did eleven years in the Navy, so my hearing's not really what, not very good. So I may have misheard this, but if I if I didn't, I want to expand upon it. You talked about Coach Kavinsky in fixing. I thought I heard fixing your thoughts. No, no, uh, faults, faults. Your faults, okay. Yes, sir. Gotcha. So talk to, talk a little bit about that, because usually when, when I see Coach Covey, a lot of times he's working with guards, a lot of times it's dribbling and those sorts of things. Talk talk to me about his work with you in, you know as a big guy. So look, uh, before the season started, um, obviously there was a lot, we had a lot more, I want to say, free time to work, you know. So um, it was, at first I was always in the gym by myself, and then Coach Kavinsky told me, he said, if you have no one watching you, then you're going to be perfect at making mistakes, you know. So um, ever since then, you know, me and Coach were working uh, off in uh, preseason. We're working. When the season came in, it's been a little bit less because, you know, we're more busy with practice and all that. But um, as a big man, he's really been, like, working with me on my motor. So I just keep going even when I'm tired, you know, like keep, keep going up strong, uh, uh, try and play strong, play with a wide base because like my frame is very like uh, uh, narrow, so try and, like make me play with a, like a wide base stuff like that. So um, honestly, she's done a very good job with that man. Like I, I'll, I'll be so real, like I can't think thank him uh, enough. You know he's 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 worked he's done a lot of, a lot of uh, work with me. He drilled a lot of stuff in me and um, possible um, like some stuff that like that are uh, crucial, you know. And um, honestly, I didn't even think that. For because he, he is a guard a guard coach and but he got some he has some knowledge for for big men for sure he's he's got he's worked with big men, a lot of big men too like uh Frank I don't know if you you, you guys know Frank yeah he, he uh worked with Frank you know even brought Frank to work with me one time me him and Frank and honestly it was <laughs> it was tough for sure but uh, I loved it man yeah Mike and I were actually at practice when Frank was there earlier this season yeah, yeah I I had the pleasure of watching Frank play his entire career at Old Dominion and we continue to to you know follow him as he travels the earth yeah. and playing professional basketball. Yeah, and you're you're not kidding. Uh Coach Kavinsky is tireless. Uh you know, it's you know, it's not rare that we'll get an Instagram alert that he's gone live and he's like running sprints up, you know, up in the the parking garages and sort and stuff like that. He's a hard worker, man. Honestly I've never I've never seen the likes of it, man. Like he'll he will he will work like two workouts, like two three workouts a day, and it's like not no normal workouts, like some light stuff. It's some real like heavy stuff, you know what I mean? 
Like, nah, he's a real hard worker, man. Like, it's 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 so infectious as well, you know, seeing him work. All right, Leroy. So, I mean, we talked about how much you've had to travel for hoops, going across mm-hmm. around the world essentially. But talk to us yeah, about your yeah. family and their support of you. I gotta imagine they're super supportive of, of you chasing your dreams. But it's gotta be tough yeah, not yeah, being able sure. to see them. Yeah, look, um, I've been home. It's about to be uh, two plus years soon, you know. Um, so yeah, definitely miss, miss my family a lot, but they still support me in everything, you know. What I mean, we FaceTime calls, all that. You know, they're just at, at this moment like too busy in time to like travel, like let's say to the Norfolk, come watch me play. You know, even when I was younger and I played with a national team, when we go to the countries like Romania and Luxembourg. Like, they were too busy, busy to come travel, but they were always tuned in online, always tuned in. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I thank them for that support, for sure. They're always watching the games online, you know, doing the best they can. They'll stay up, shoot, like, back home, it'll be about 3 a.m., and they stay up to watch all the games and they call me after, stuff like that. So, you know, I'm definitely a supporter of, uh, about that. All right, Leroy, so we only have you for another six or seven more minutes, so I think it's time that we ask, some of our traditionally fun questions. That sound good, Mike? All right, Leroy. So there's no right or wrong answers. These are don't think about them too much. Just give us the answers, okay? All right. I want to know what your favorite place to get a bite to eat here is, and then say if Mike and I were to get on a plane, go back to Ireland with you, where you're taking us and what we're eating. <laughs> that's a very good question. Look, that's a very good question. Uh. Out here, oh wow! I don't have like a favorite place, but there's there's a place that Coach Kavinsky took me. This Italian restaurant, it's called Razzo's. I'm pretty sure it's an Italian restaurant. They have nice pasta. The bread was off the charts, man. It was it was it was very good. But if I was to take you guys back home, there's a series of stuff I'll place I'll take you guys to. Alright, so first off, it's uh the Nanos. It's uh <laughs> it's like um. You know, I don't know if y'all know what kebab is, but, like, back when they do it a little bit differently. So it's in, like, naan bread. You put, like, lamb meat, uh, lettuce, some sauces, onions, red cabbage, all that. into like, into, like, the one, like, a, like, a, like a, a box. It's heavy. It's about eight euros. And that's that, that's the first one. And the second one is, um, I'll take it to uh, this one Chinese spot. It's called Sunshine Palace. Um, it's, like, they... they do like this like amazing uh crispy chili chicken with fried rice you know what i mean it's a, it's 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 off the charts man trust me it's amazing and the third place is my mom's kitchen she makes the best food i make it better but you know she she's up there <laughs> she's up there all right Leroy. she's got coming coming for saying that. so i got to ask there's a couple spots that come in mind when you're talking about nando's have you been to orpax i have not it's a greek restaurant in ghent it's I mean, if you're a local, you love it because they have really good heroes. But also, there's a place in Ghent called Mr. Shwarma. It's like a shawarma version of Chipotle. Okay, yes. Okay. So you said that was good, uh, uh, gyros uh, in that Greek restaurant? Shawarma food. So it's that place is awesome, and I highly suggest you check that place out. I want to try that. I, I, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. And I, in Toronto, I, I ate shawarma a lot. So I definitely miss that, you know. All right. Uh, so we've been asking the guys on the team the last few weeks, who is the most fashionable and who is the least, 
least fashionable. <laughs> if Ed was I'm the least fashionable, so, I swear. So, so Danny said he was tied with Eva <laughs> for most fashionable. Look, look. And then Emo was like, all right, well, I guess we're we're tied then. And and Danny said you were the least fashionable That's, because I, you always have on a skull cap. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. You know that. So <laughs> oh man. What's your what's your response? Yeah, this here? is my take. Um look, this hat is like part of my of my signature, you know what I mean? They it's that they literally call me ski, you know. That's my nickname. Um, you know, my walkout, I do this to put on the hat, you know. So I feel like, Danny, that is not a good response if I'm the least fashionable. Um, honestly, I would agree that Emo is up there the most fashionable. You know, he always has some some uh good designer. I give him that. Um, I'll put uh I'll put Devin, I'll put Devin up there too. He he has some good clothes. I ain't gonna lie. He got some good fashion. I've seen Chauncey wear some good drip. I've seen uh, Tyrone wear some good drip. I'm still waiting for RJ and Sam. They're the only two I'm still waiting on. You know what I mean? So I don't know why I'm down that least fashionable list. I don't know why he's saying that. I don't know. But, you know, I'll, I'll replace me with either Sam or RJ. No offense to them. No offense to them. All right. I'm going to skip one of my usual ones because I just had this thing pop into What's my up? head. What do you think the scariest animal to be eaten oh, by? You know, I see. I just saw a video, a video of, of a hippo like smashing a watermelon. Oh my god, I would hate to be in between that man. Nah, definitely hippo, man. Like that's 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 just excruciating. Man, it looks it looks crazy, to be honest. We love that answer. We we talked about we we had that question last mm-hmm. year for everybody, and if they didn't answer with hippo, we had to tell them. Why it's the hippo? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're fast. They can swim fast. I was surprised I mean, how fast they can swim. To be honest, but have you seen how they actually swim? I I I've seen like they like 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 a wave kind of man. It's fast too. Like they just go up and down. It's scary man. Like imagine like a hippo. But they're not they're swimming. Not, like they're, run- they're like popping up and down. Huh? They're not swimming. They're not swimming. They're actually running in the water. And bouncing off the bottom of the floor. I, yo, <laughs> I did not know that. I thought just like, like, yeah, you know, what I mean, just dipping their head on, over and under. You know what I mean, I had no idea. Yeah, they're, they're basically jumping over and over Jesus, again. That's, that's, that's a scary sight, man. Like, imagine, imagine you see like a hippo just ten feet in the air going up and down the water. Like, you know what I mean, that's a scary sight, man. That's yeah. a scary sight. All right, uh, favorite basketball movie. You see, if I don't say Coach Carter, then that's just you know what I mean. But I did crazy, crazy fact. He actually came to our school, and uh, uh, I I like him. I like him in person. I like him, so I feel like I'm biased saying Coach Carter. But there was this new one. Uh, what's it called? That had like three D one athletes in it. I'll come back to you, to you guys with the name, but it was it was a good one too. But I'm saying Coach Carter for sure. Gotcha. That other one sounds almost like the one that I think Danny told us. Amateur, about. Like amateur? yes, yes, amateur. That yes, the one? yes, it had uh, the, that 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 one dude that was in power. Yeah, amateur. Yeah, I love that one. So, all right, we really thank you for joining us on the show tonight. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate you sharing yourself with Monarch Nation. Mm-hmm. Do you have a closing message for the fans? Um, look, 
Monarch Nation, I guess, you know, it wasn't a season that we expected, but honestly, I'm having fun playing for playing in front of y'all. I appreciate the support. I appreciate everything, man. It's, it's been a very fun experience so far, and hopefully we can finish the season off on a, on a high note, you know? Absolutely. Monarch Nation, hey, be at the TED on Thursday night. I know that we'll be there. We look forward to seeing you again, Leroy. Thank you so much for joining us, and go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs.